0: I out a new tool today. How are you
1: guys? Tripping, Larry. Fail. Start what? again. What? No, you got
2: to stop saying it like Trippin' Larry. Because yeah, I, we have we haven't oh, shared this Larry on the show yet. Trip. But a new acquaintance who had met me only virtually online and listened to the podcast thought my name was Tripping, Larry, as like in microdosing and Larry. Like I'm tripping. <laughs> I'm like Anna. This is okay. all your fault for calling Trip right, and I tripping, nun- tripping Larry.
0: I will enunciate more effectively. How is everybody today, Trip and Larry? That's better. I like that. uh, <laughs> or Larry yeah. and Trip.
1: I'm see. There's nothing bad there. Yeah, Larry okay. and Trip. That doesn't sound bad. Trip and well, Larry. I wonder Yeah, we're why. A little, we're we're a little fuzzy today. Honestly, like I well, mean, like I, we've been mm, like mm. Larry's been. Larry's been. Larry's been uh, I was a little Um, aggro this morning. Yeah. yeah. yeah, A little aggro. And uh, we haven't been terribly focused playing with the new tools. Larry, somebody gave Larry new buttons with sound effects and drum kits.
0: Press it. Uh, Press
1: it. Which (laughs) is horrible. Yeah. Uh, That product manager probably needs to be fired because it's gotten (laughs) us so off track where we're not listening. But I think like the other thing about this is that we're. It's we're we're about a year. It's almost a year yeah. to the I day. I thought I was
0: doing almost. the lead in on this. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: failed. You're fired. It's almost like has anybody <laughs> told Trip?
0: I'm sorry, that, I that got that distracted.
2: Talking. I got distracted. I got distracted. That's hilarious. Yeah.
1: But
0: no, it's Anna, it's a Anna's
1: like, wait a second, wait a second. I
0: thought I was stealing, doing that. He's again. stealing my lines.
1: I well, I mean, I thought we were doing it. So this is this is the lead actress. We're is not like, what focus no, no. going on right now? No, yeah.
0: continue. You're on a roll, obviously.
1: Clearly, uh, so here's it's been the a thing. Year it's been a year. It's been a year in lockdown. I took my kids out of school. March 10th, this Seattle shut down on the 12th and my entire life has changed. It's been, it's been a really terrible year. I mean, nobody, nobody will debate that, but it's getting long. Nobody thought we were going to be in lockdown this long. And that kind of like goes to the theme of this week's show, which is how are you guys doing? the mental health really thing really doing. Yeah. Cause like Larry, you're losing it on social media. Yeah, uh, you sorry. know, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> ranting about, uh, well, or not, uh, you know, uh, it depends on like, we can cut that. Uh, but like,
0: uh, <laughs> what are we, what are we cutting all of this? Let's
1: just, no, no. Well, so but like, I'm tired. Like I like I got about two or three hours of sleep and I worked like 15 hours yesterday on various projects. And like insomnia has been a big thing for me trying to manage yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Me too, me too. Um,
1: a lot of insomnia going around. And this is something that everybody's talking about in one way or the other. They talk about like, oh, I miss going to the office. I miss meeting people at work. And we've been pretty warm fuzzy about like this new, Thing, but we've also said, like, this is like working under house arrest for a lot of people. We haven't adopted the, the right ways of doing this. And so, generally, yeah, how are we doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think for it's, me,
1: it's, um, it's rough.
2: Yeah. Go on, Anna.
0: For me personally, um, I definitely am struggling to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and even when I do get out of bed, I just go straight to work and I don't do anything else. And then I have, and then I'm on my plates like, oh, I should probably work out. But then it's like, I have this thing to do. And then I keep doing that thing and I'm me working out and focusing on my mental health doesn't really work. And then I'm tired because I've been staring at the screen all day and I'm probably getting on average like four hours a night of sleep. And when I wake up, I'm tired and I'm depressed and I don't want to get out of bed to just do it all over again. And it's unfortunate because like, you know, some of my friends, they're no longer here in the country. They've moved back home. And, you know, I'm one of my like pandemic besties basically is now leaving the country. And so it's like I really don't know what I'm going to do. In the next, like, yeah. three, four months, you know, I'm actually going, I'm going crazy. It's kind of like a good madness, though, for a writer, because the. the,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a ground <laughs> the The inspiration
0: is fabulous, but <laughs> in terms of, like, the actual sustainability on this. We on should this, check I might,
2: under Anna's floorboards later, but anyway, go on.
0: I might yeah. be cutting up in the air later, but, you know, that's neither here or there. Um that's how I'm doing. I'm not doing that great, to be honest with you. My apartment looks like it, I've moved furniture around and I just left it there. So if you come into my cat. house, yeah. yeah oh, God, crazy. if you come into my house, there's literally a bookshelf in the middle of the road, like in the middle of the path. And I've just been slightly dodging it to, <laughs> to go back and forth into my kitchen. So it's like I'm, I'm living like a crazy person. There's just random things on the floor and just scattered.
2: I mean, the thing is, you're not alone. I mean, that's, it was interesting because I was, I've amped up my engagement on Twitter in the last week. A lot of people are saying, this is the worst I've felt ever. And then it's like, I think it is that year mark of thinking, I didn't think it was going to be a year and it's not done yet. And, you know, we've had a changeover in the U S at least. And we're like, okay, everything's better now. It's like, well, not yet. So I think a lot of people are getting kind of the, they called it almost like postpartum blues. Well, it's
1: yeah. like, you don't, you don't <sighs> hear people saying, Oh, I'm ready to sign up for Elon's one way trip, trip to Mars, you know, like, like, <laughs> like yeah. alone forever yeah. on the red planet. Yeah. Um, but it, cause it's kind of the life we're living, but you know, one of the things like at work, so, cause I lead a team uh, and they're younger than I am. Uh, and a lot, some of them don't have families at home. Some of them are, our, um, their new parents. Um, and you know, there's the temptation to put a brave face and kind of like make it sort of business as usual. But I took a, a note from, you know, our friend, Sarah, uh, uh McClellan, mm-hmm. who was a guest earlier. And I spent the first 20 minutes of our weekly meeting, uh, just checking in with people and talking about it and, and, and sort of admitting It's a, it's almost like that's the manager they needed to show up today. And it was a, and it's the kind of manager they really discourage at a lot of companies. And you could almost feel like the energy in the room was like, oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. You did a real check-in. Yeah. You didn't do a, hey, how you doing? Good. Okay. Let's get going. You know, a real check-in. That's different. It was hard because I had to stop and let people just talk. And not try to fill the, I mean, Larry, you're, 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 you're a professional, uh, yes. you know, psych, a psychologist, yeah. but yeah. Um, listening and just giving listening. people the room to talk mm-hmm. and and be uncomfortable and be, that's hard. And, and it's not something yeah. that's necessarily valued in the workplace. So that's kind of the, like, how are we managing that? And that's, I think what we're, what we wanted to talk about today. Um, so I mean, one of the yeah. ways that the three of us are managing it is we've got this um we've connected and we have this community that we've created online and we have this weekly check-in and it's something to look forward to. And we're doing things like lunch club and we're trying things like Clubhouse, which not my cup of tea, but <laughs> uh, We're um, trying. We're trying. We're trying. But how what are what are the there's gaps there. So how how can how can people be healthier with this? What's what's what are what are the things that you're seeing,
2: Larry? Well, there was an interesting article that came out of just last week, I think, um, and they were saying that despite you know we're moving things online and everybody's busy, it's like we're having more meetings than ever, and people are working on average forty eight minutes longer every day. So. This is a problem that I think managers need to step up and help manage and in, in not asking for additional meetings. I think team members need to do this too. There was a good conversation on LinkedIn about this where someone said, I'm feeling distant from my colleagues. And my first inclination is set up another meeting. Let's do another Zoom meeting. And they talk about this in the article, let's do a Zoom happy hour. And so instead of trying to creatively address the real issue, people are just throwing more meetings on the calendar and that's not the answer. That's not the answer. So I think that's part of it is a recognition. People are actually working longer hours. People are having a hard time separating their work and their life because it's blended now. And so we have to resist that urge to have even more FaceTime and understand how to use it intelligently to do real check-ins and work with people and then give people time to be productive and leave them alone so that they aren't working an extra hour every day. I think that's one of the first things that managers can help with and coworkers as well.
1: Anna, how about you? Because you're, you're, you're sort of the solopreneur, uh, you and Larry.
0: I know. It's, it's just gone a little off the rails, I think, in the beginning of the year because there's just been so much stuff that I want to get done. And I always do this. Even if there wasn't a pandemic, I'm sure my bookshelf would be scattered across in the middle of the living room for no reason. Like this is not just a pandemic thing, but definitely um, when what had helped me before, and this is something I'm trying to get better at, but what helped me before was really my friend circle would be the catalyst to me getting out of the house. And it helped so much because I would pretty much work seven days a week. But then I would have a three day weekend with my friends, or I would go for two weeks to visit one of my friends in Europe or United States or wherever. And like, I would have, you know, a break, basically, for the first time in months and stuff. So I can't do that now. So there is new ways I'm trying to adapt to this environment. And it's been, I'm not going to say I have all the, the answers, but definitely, I feel like the social interactions are, um, online are not as good right now for me than like the in-person stuff. It's it's like, like you said, Larry, putting on more zoom meetings doesn't necessarily solve the core issue where we just need to disconnect. And I feel like I'm not disconnecting when I'm being on a zoom meeting because I have to be on and like entertaining or listening or whatever. Like I have to, I can't just be right. And so, right. Yeah. um, and yeah, I, I don't know what the best approach is. I know you just asked me like a more proactive question, but I'm just going to be honest. Like it's, it's something I'm struggling with right now. I have no life balance. It's all work balance. And I wake up thinking only about work.
1: So I think the, the thing it's funny, Larry says that, you know, he's sort of been more engaged on things like Twitter um, I've been less engaged. Like I, I, like I've got the the nerdiest guy on social media. I, like I like, it's I don't know. Like being being highly engaged on LinkedIn is like it's like potentially <laughs> oh. worse than 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 being the most popular hey, guy. Fellas, take a look the, at my spreadsheet. The most popular guy on MySpace, right? You know, it's 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 not. It's not, yeah. it's not a good work-life separation, but like I've been less engaged on things like Facebook because I, I recognize that people have become, like we've talked about political polarization, yeah. but a lot of that is about impulse control and not, and being, <laughs> yeah. and, and only reacting to what people write and we're not our best selves. Nobody is. It's like the entire society is having just a terrible, terrible time. Um, right, right. But I think like, you know, less meetings, but I think like be like less structured time. So, one of the things that I talked to my team about uh, today is you get like we need to connect more as a team. And, but I don't want to put boundaries on that. I don't want to have mandatory fun. And so, you know, shocker, I signed up for whereby at work for this team, uh, this team room that is just like an open conference room. Because when I remember being in the office, there were office rooms like people would grab those as like, I want to have a, just a conversation. I want to eat lunch with people right. I don't want to be right. out in the open, right? Where can we have a place where we're just shooting you know shooting the ball or or whatever um, and it just have it be a drop in and that's open for anybody to kind of go in there, like how do we have like our own internal clubhouse um but also encouraging them on like their services and supports outside, because one of the things that the researchers are saying is, you know, this theory of like social circles is that you have the person, then you have your immediate family, and then you have your close sort of lifelong friends, and then you have acquaintances and sort of casual friends, and then you have sort of broader society or things, pe- professionals that you deal with. But two of those, those middle circles are now missing. And, and what the social scientists are saying is that those are actually crucial interactions. That guy that you always buddy up to at the bar or that you run into at the gym or whatever, and you have a friendly chit chat, those, those relationships like fall off, right? It's like the old college friend that you lose touch with, they fall off pretty easily. And they're, they're pretty, they're pretty important. Cause it's like, it, it adds a level of familiarity and novelty uh, to your daily life. And we don't have that now. We I think have it's our, just, it, it yeah. gives
0: routine, you know, it gives yeah. more sense of routine, the familiarity.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think like, it's having some broad bad effects. Like, so there was a, an op-ed from uh, in the Washington Post by Kamala Harris, talking about the crisis of women leaving the workforce and these, these changes and and all of the things with, um, and, and it's overwhelming. And Larry, you had the stats on it. Like it was pretty overwhelming numbers that how many people yeah. are leaving the workforce.
2: Yeah. This was in that article I, I talked about that said, I think this was in September last year, four times as many women left the workforce than men like 800. this is in the U.S. I believe 865,000 women versus 216,000 men. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That is, that's insane. And um, um, you know,
0: and why are they leaving, uh, Larry?
2: I think some of that's the caregiver issue. Um, somebody, There were some quotes in here where someone said, I'm working 12-hour days, and my spouse With- is in an office, yeah. and I'm sitting at the table working. My kids are screaming. I'm trying to get stuff done, and I'm not getting a break. And some of that is when you have a partner who's not stepping up to share the workload at home. Because you're both now working at home and it should be shared, but when it's not happening, somebody's like, okay, that's it. I I can't run everything and have a job and take care of the kids. And if you have a sick parent that you're taking care of, it's, and it, it does not impact men as severely, not right now. And it's not fair, but that's the numbers that we're seeing.
0: Yeah. Um, I was listening to, um, a working a working mom, a working daughter kind of podcast where they talked about how, you know, women are more likely than men. In fact, at least it's kind of assumed that women will take care of their aging parents, even if it's their father-in-law or Mm mother-in-law. And so they end up taking on these roles um, and giving up careers just so that they can make sure their elderly parents are taken care of. And Um, whenever there's an emergency, you know, dad can't go because he's in a meeting or he's at the office. And so who, who has to step up to the plate? It's mom that gets to the emergency room to make sure, you know, her father-in-law is is what settled in and okay before dad comes, you know? So these are the things that a lot of women are faced with that um, are just kind of assumed roles, I guess, is what this podcast was saying. And um, the, the amount of support that, you're getting um as a as a as a mother as a daughter as all these things is very, very little um,
1: and that's and that kind of hurts us across the board. I mean it not only hurts women but it it hurts uh family incomes it hurts uh sort of uh representation. And it's it's overwhelmingly, you know, uh, I, I mean, for, well, maybe not overwhelmingly, but like significantly overrepresents people of color, uh, women of color, uh, you know, in these in these departures. And you know, families are some people are just making the say is like, well, I cannot work, and there's trade-offs, but it's probably it's like the the worst of two choices. And for families with school-age children like mine, I have a child who is struggling with special needs remote where a remote school is a terrible thing for him. Um, and when you look at kids generally, I mean, we complain about how many meetings we have. You're putting these kids on a zoom for six hours straight without a break. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The kids can't do that. Um, yeah. And, and I think, and, and the burden of that has fallen on my wife because I'm, I'm the one, works and so she's almost like repeating third grade herself just to keep it's like putting a cat on a leash keeping him on that that laptop but i think there are some bright spots as well so one of the things that pew the pew research recently did a study where um there's been an uptick in the number of couples uh, uh that are reporting that they share household responsibilities 50 50 and that's a big jump sort of year over year Uh, And there's been lots of articles about men being more reticent to go back to the old normal. Um, And I I found that in myself is that I've had to be better about setting boundaries because work will take all of my time and never say sorry. Yeah. That's right. Um, And so I take dad snacks in the middle of the day when my kids are actually home from school and engaged and I'm meeting them on their schedule, not you know, trying to squeeze an hour in, in between dinner and bedtime. Um, and so I'm having to be a lot more intentional to that about spreading out my time. Um, but like there's a sort of a rediscovery of fatherhood and parents making these hard trade-offs and GDP, like income and GDP have like not kept pace since the 1970s. And a lot of that was hidden by the fact that you had two income families. This this thing is like having a massive impact. And I think We have to have a better relationship around work or some pretty fundamental things start breaking down. Yeah. I I
2: think part of the problem is people are clinging to synchronous work. And that was another part of the conversation is that we have modern tools. We have a way to do this now and processes to do asynchronous work. And we've had some guests on the show that have services and platforms that provide that. But everybody wants to still jump on a meeting and have a video call and do the work in real time. And that was one of the comments I made on this LinkedIn post. I said, the way forward out of this trap is to embrace asynchronous work and to say, we can work on this document together, this design together. Engineers do it forever with code, but we don't have to be doing it at exactly the same time. We can get this work done when it's best for me, best for you. And we can schedule a meeting intentionally to then talk about things that are best discovered or discovered and discussed in real time. Not everything has to be done in real time. And I think when you shift time like that and give people that flexibility, you can do things like I took a day last week and went skiing with my son because I can do asynchronous work. I just said, okay, I'll go skiing with you in the morning and then I'll just work later in the afternoon or work that night. And it's no big deal. But if I had a boss that said, you have to be in front of your Zoom camera for from nine to five, so you'd be in meetings all day long, I couldn't do that. So I think it again comes back to flexibility and how we work and letting people do this type of asynchronous work on their own schedule.
0: Yeah. Uh, my only concern there is like, uh, how do you manage the deadlines? Because, you know, if, for example, writing, I'm in, I'm in content marketing. So this is the best example. But if let's say one person writes the article, they need the editor to come or like, uh, somebody to just yeah, the editor. And then, so the editor writes it or modifies it or gives like footnotes. And then the writer comes in and writes the, updates, the notes and stuff. But if they're doing this on, you know, different timelines, it can definitely delay a project, By three days more than if everybody had a more coherent schedule, nine to five kind of schedule.
2: I don't know. I I did that literally what in the last three months with that company I was working with. And so we were working asynchronously where I'm writing all the content and creating it. And I had an editor working with me and we use Google Docs. And so I basically was writing as much as I could and I would put stuff up, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and just make a note saying hey check it out you know let me know and i would keep going i'd work on the next document the next script i just kept going as fast as i could she would then come in with all her comments and edits and revisions i would check those in the morning agree or do a modification or we'd have a discussion about it and we met once a week that was it we had like a half hour call once a week for things it was like well let's dive deeper on this very issue that we can't seem to resolve Otherwise, I was like, "Good edit, like it, let's keep going and it was it was pretty seamless, so it takes a little bit of practice. It was a little bumpy the first couple of times, but we kind of got into a pretty good rhythm with it
0: yeah, I use Google Docs as well, and uh, I see more of a seamless transition, but i can i can I can see how this could create a lot of pipeline issues for bigger, more complex projects. You know what i mean well
1: there there's a I think there's a couple of pieces here. One, um people need to set better boundaries, but that's sort of like saying let them eat cake. Uh because organizations need to respect boundaries or even enforce boundaries better. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh and and that starts with how you train your managers. Especially here in the United States, we do not have uh, the work life, the attitudes towards work and life and that balance and family that other cultures do. Um, and, uh, it's like, how hard are you working and, you know, being visible about working. And there's always this question that comes up as like, I don't know what you're working on. It it, it sort of lends itself to micromanagement. And I think part of that is using things like Google docs that allow for asynchronous work. And I use that with my with my direct reports in terms of our one-on-one documents is that they kind of put top of mind stuff and then we can kind of focus on the conversation. We also record meetings if somebody can't be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we don't need to reschedule or recall a meeting uh, and that there's notes and transcription. But I think there's more tools where I'm pushing on my team to say, no more invisible work you know if you're working on something, it goes into, say, an asana ticket or something like that where it's trackable. It can be handed off. You can call it blocked or you're waiting on this and the priority changes. And priorities and deadlines that you need to sort of respect reality. Working harder at a point has a diminishing return. and significant it actually goes you, you get a negative return on investment over time. Uh, and so it's about the culture of the company, you know, the, the famous quote is that, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Uh, and it's, it's about the expectations that you're creating and how you're leading by example. And that's, that's one of like, I almost wish this had happened years ago because I look back on what I will (laughs) never get back. Oh yeah. Me too. I mean, I missed, I missed the boat on like my, my youngest child, was born right after they, they started having parental leave for fathers in tech, right? And that became a trend. And I remember taking phone calls the day my middle son was born. Uh, and my, I was taking phone calls in the, in the delivery room when my, my, my wife was, you know, in delivery from clients and that sort of thing, because that was expected, right? And I spent an entire year that I lost with my children working all the time. And I will never, ever get that time back. Uh, And I wish I'd learned that lesson. I wish I'd learned that lesson earlier.
2: You know, some companies are, and again, it's not an American company. I think VW does this, if I remember correctly, but they basically shut off the email server at night and they said, nope, no email gets delivered to anyone until the next morning. And I'm sure in America, they'd freak out if they couldn't email their, their employees all night long. But you have to do some stuff like that that's pretty radical to let people have a life. And it's, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's like, I think it's time to revisit and rethink how we do work, you know, especially in America, because people are burning out. I mean, the whole topic of this is burnout's real. It's happening. It's not an individual's problem, it's a company's problem, it's a management problem. Don't keep pushing it down to the employees and saying, well, you just need to do more meditation and yoga. Just meditate more. It's like, come on. That is not fair to the employee, and that's not the source of the problem. The source of the problem is unrealistic expectations, too much of a workload, no boundaries, like you were just talking about. That has to be fixed at the top, and HR has to play a role, senior leadership has to play a role. It's the only
1: way it's gonna get done. And I think you look at at things that haven't happened, you know, like workplace shootings and those sorts of things that used to be headlines all the time, like with disturbing regularity. I remember, um, when I was at a large company, there was uh, an incident where somebody jumped off the roof after a bad review. Um, there's probably a silent toll that's happening at companies, um, that is either happening or, um, And it's certainly like reported in terms of alcohol and drug abuse and all these other things, but there's a silent toll, uh, that will, that bill will come due and it will impact the performance of your business. It will impact your, your personal and your professional relationships. And so, um, and I think like, this is a, a crisis in leadership, a crisis in innovation, uh, where at the very top, those high-flying executives, you need to be able to step up and model what healthy looks like for the people that, um, have put their trust in you to follow you. Um, and, and because you need to be able to make it safe to set boundaries. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest problem. People have to feel like it's
2: respected and safe that they're not going to lose their job. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Whoa. So, well, well this, was a, oh, this was a, this was, a, <laughs> this was a, this was an uplifting episode.
0: Well, at the end of the section, uh, are the, our little cliff notes. You said dad snacks. Was that relevant? Yeah.
1: Yes. Dad snacks. That's what I call, <laughs> that's what I call it. So, um, the, the most demanding bosses I have are, are the golden horde, my, my three children, uh, because, um, I, I know we have a, uh, a clean rating, but, uh, my youngest one gives zero dams for, for a little, for, <laughs> for, for go. a, a, a <laughs> uh, in terms of what I'm up to and he'll, will pop his head in and, and, uh, you know, uh, come tell me about what he, the latest lizard that he's, uh, you know, obsessed with. Um, and that is a need that they're trying to express. And, um, I can't change what I lost or what I left behind or what I, what I didn't do, but I can change what I do going forward. And so I work hard. I have a hard job. I have a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. I have a lot of activities like this podcast that I love doing. Um, but I make time in the middle of the work day just to check in for 15, 20 minutes sitting down. Like I used to be late for dinner or skip dinner or, work through or take a call. Me too. Miss bed times and being more intentional. It's improved relationships with my wife. It's improved relationships with my children because it's meaningful connection time. And it's not about the length of necessarily you have to put the time in, but it doesn't have to be hours and hours and hours. It has to be meeting them when they need you. And that's that's what I call my dad snacks. And it's, it's improved. It's been one of the bright spots in this. Honestly, it's, it's actually one of the things that I'm grateful for in this terrible year is that, um, I've rediscovered, or at least I'm recovering from, uh, these expectations that I mainly put on myself, uh, around being what it means to be productive and successful and that sort of thing. And that's, that uh, sometimes requires rethinking your relationship to work and your loyalty yeah, to a company. So, yes, it does. So dad snacks are delicious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, this has been a good episode. Anna, where can they learn more about us?
0: Uh, yeah, we have a website called thebraveworkforce.com. We also have an email address. Where you can message me at anna at the brave dot com um if you like this episode, if you like what what trip what are you we, breathing
1: if we, we do, well <laughs> wait a minute, hold on we also have the twitter uh you know it is a um it's been around for a while, but I keep forgetting the name of it uh 'cause uh, <laughs> yeah, you do. i we should yeah, put we should put Larry in charge of the Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's But good if you point. want to follow us, connect with us, um, not ironically, we have, uh, we're following two people and we have nine followers. So thank you. <laughs> <funny>. uh, but <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm one of them. So but, there you go. But we are huge on LinkedIn. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. It's just our moms, uh, yeah. our nine
0: moms. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, our our mom, oh. nine moms. But it is, uh, if you want to follow us and... Um, <laughs> I'm going to delegate to Larry. Uh, it's oh, we're, we're at oh, Brave New Ideas One. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> because it's we're a little horrible, bit we're late to the game. Look, horrible Twitter handle. <laughs> look, you put me in charge of the Twitter. I am not. I am not the Twitter oh, guy. Right. Oh, so God. we have a Twitter. TBD if that stays the name. Apparently Anna may have different ideas. Larry may have some different ideas. We're but you could follow we're, each of us. Right. We're yes.
2: That. I'm Cornet. At Twitter, C O R N E T T. I got in early. Trip,
0: I'm, you're I'm,
1: there. I am Trip Odell
0: at and Trip I'm, Odell. I'm, and I'm a, uh, at hey J. That's J for Jaguar. Um, and- <laughs>
1: Look, uh Jazz just musician. Fair warning yeah. orange juice. If you, fair warning, if yeah. you follow Anna, you'll probably end up on a list somewhere. So no, just you know. <laughs> don't I, don't
0: out me like that. I'm a perfectly on a restaurant reasonable-
1: list. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. All right.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. So okay. yeah, go go give us a follow. And yeah. uh
1: you know, stay and until then us.
2: let us know if you want to be on the show.
1: Yeah. And until then, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, there it because, is. because it will get better, and better days are ahead.
0: Oh yeah.